Hi, friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, I have a great conversation with a collegiate missionary who is on a college campus. We're going to talk about what it's like connecting with and working with the young adults on campus. And what I really love about the conversation is we're going to talk about how do we build community? How do we meet people where they're at? And then also just invite them to know who God is through us and through our own faith. And we're just going to get real. And we're going to talk about how can we just support each other? How can we get to know people and actually become a part of their lives, not just invite them to church? We're going to go so far beyond that. And I know all of us can take away something from this conversation to apply in our own faith journey as we're interacting with people in our communities, whether they be young adults or college students or someone older. Welcome to Faith Field Woman, a podcast designed for Christian women eager to deepen their faith and shine God's light in every aspect of their lives. Each week, we'll delve into practical strategies, inspiring stories, and biblical wisdom to equip you with the tools you need to navigate life's challenges and grow deeper in your faith. From finding calm in the chaos, forming deep Christian friendships, to everyday ways to connect with God, we'll cover it all. Hi, I'm your host, Kristen. I'm an encourager, a faith-led entrepreneur, a mom, and a wife. Let's be encouraged in our everyday lives as we let our faith guide us, fuel us, and fill us with God's incredible peace, wisdom, and joy in our lives. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Emma Rafferty. She's a collegiate missionary on staff at New Life Christian Fellowship, a campus church at Virginia Tech. She has been part of this church since her freshman year at Tech and has been in a staff role for almost two years. She's particularly passionate about helping students to work through how to have a reason for the faith that they have and understanding more of who they are because of who God is. Outside of her vocation, Emma loves getting outside whenever possible, whether to hike, camp, or play ultimate frisbee. And I can't wait to have this conversation. I've known Emma since she was younger from the area, and I'm just so impressed with what she's doing and how she's showing up to just uh, help shine a light and you know share Jesus with people. And I can't wait to hear from her perspective, working with college young adults, and just um, the hope that she sees from that group of people. And how can we maybe you know do our part to really encourage uh, the young adults in our lives, or, you know, or in our, or in our homes? So I can't wait for this conversation. So Emma, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm. I just love it, and uh, I can't wait for you to share with us. Tell us about before you went to college, and then going into college. What did what did life look like? You know, were you a person of faith already? You know, in a very were you very involved, or did this you know transform after you were there? And then, how did you decide to step into a full time role in ministry versus you know just faith being important to you? So, I'd love to hear about that and what life looks like now ministering to people at Virginia Tech. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like you said, I grew up in um, Virginia Beach as well, and um, yeah, growing up, my family we would go to church, and that was kind of the extent of my faith. Um, I like was baptized when I was younger. Um, just kind of felt like it was something that I could do. I believed in God. Um, later on, went through a confirmation process, and yeah, it kind of started to put some pieces together of like, oh yeah, I see God a lot through nature and that really draws me back into this thing. Um, but I was never really super involved in our youth group or anything like that. And so going to church felt like a burden. <laughs> I was like, I don't really have any friends here. I am not super close with any of the people here. 
And so I would help out over the summer with EBS, but beyond that, wasn't really involved in my faith. I wasn't, you know, seeking the Lord in prayer or regularly getting in the word or anything like that. And in high school, when my family stopped going to church in favor of like soccer games or like races or things like that, um, I thought it was the best thing ever. I got to sleep in and didn't have to wake up early, didn't have to sit through sermons that didn't really seem super relevant for me. Um, And so, yeah, I was coming into college, not really looking to pursue my faith, not really looking to join a ministry. And, you know, in that time, still kind of knowing, like, I think I would have said, like, I believe that God exists and, you know, I know who Jesus is, but definitely wasn't looking to pursue that by any means or necessarily living my life in a way that modeled that. And so coming into college, yeah, wasn't looking for those things. And we used to do this program here at Tech where you would have people help move you into your dorm room. And the church that I now work for, our ministry, North Christian Fellowship, like you kind of started that initiative on campus and so would volunteer pretty heavily for that. And a bunch of people from our church um, actually moved me into my dorm and invited me to a pizza party. And my roommate and I at the time had heard that we could get free food the entire first week we were on campus because there's just so many things happening. And so both of us were like, oh, this is perfect. Like step one, free food, check, check. We'll go and peace out. Um, So we went to this pizza party and I knew like the flyer they gave me like had the organization name on it. I knew it was a church. And I was like, ah, I don't really know how I feel about that. If like someone asked me to come on Sunday, like, I don't know what I would say. And so I was about this pizza party. It was just a lot of fun. Uh, there was spike ball, you know, cornhole, yard games, things like that. We met a couple of ladies who were doing an intramural soccer team or were hoping to do one. And, and like, I think I had on like my soccer t-shirt or something. And they were like, oh my gosh, you need to come play on our soccer team. And I was like, oh, I, I guess. <laughs> I'm not really sure where else I'm going to find a bunch of other people to play soccer with, being that it's literally my first week on campus. Mm-hmm. And... So kept hanging out with them over the next week. We hung out, played spike ball. And this whole time, I really just kept waiting for this ask of like, come to church with us. Because I thought that was the only thing that like church people were about was like getting me to come to church. Mm-hmm. Of course, like eventually that like ask did come, like their ministry. And I kept hanging out with them all week. So they probably thought I was interested in joining their ministry. Yeah. It's a reasonable conclusion to come to. And so I did, I did go to church with them. I did go to their small group. So like, these are my friends. I don't have anything better to do. Didn't have a lot of homework. I was just sitting and watching Netflix. And yeah, over the course of that semester, I kept showing up. Literally never said anything during Bible study, just kind of sat there. And um, I, yeah, later on in that semester, was out for a run um, just over behind campus. Tech is in the mountains, so it's beautiful. Um, the sun was setting, so all the, everything is in this beautiful golden light. And I was listening to worship music probably for one of the first times on my own. And yeah, I just kind of stopped to take it all in. Everything was like still new to me, still beautiful. And just heard this voice of like, you were loved. And I knew that moment, like that was the Lord, like meeting me where I was. Because even though I was constantly surrounded by people in that semester, I still felt really lonely. And so the Lord just kind of meeting me in that moment saying, Hey, like, I see you, like, I love you as my daughter. You know, could I have maybe said that as eloquently then of like, this is why God is meeting me in this moment? No, but 
just to know like, oh yeah, I am loved. Um, and this has to be God. And that we got small group. I was like, I want to find my identity in Christ because I had been trying to find it in what I thought a college experience was supposed to be like in terms of like trying to go out and go to parties or whatever, or trying to get involved in like 6 million clubs, which I kind of did anyways, but not necessarily putting my identity in those things or in school. And so, yeah, I kind of, from that moment on just was like, this is something that I want to pursue. There is value in this. Like I, I, yeah, I had known, I had grown up knowing who Jesus was, but to actually say like, I want to commit and like truly follow the Lord and truly say like, man, like if I open to like any of the gospels, like who is Jesus? Who is this character of God? Um, and so, yeah, I stayed involved with our church, with this campus ministry, kept pursuing my faith all throughout school. And yeah, I grew a lot in a lot of different ways um, <laughs> from that. And so coming to the end of my time at tech, I was, you know, looking for what's next. I think as a lot of students do, you're like, okay, I've got this degree coming. Right. Now what happens? And so, yeah, I was just looking and I started asking the Lord, like, Hey, God, what, what do you have for me? I don't really have a super strong idea myself of what might be next. Yeah. As I was praying, was taking steps on my own. Originally I thought I wanted to stay in Blacksburg. I was like, I have community here. And I like living here in the mountains. <laughs> so I applied for a lot of the jobs here. And then later on, um, after not really hearing back from any of those, still hadn't really heard anything from the Lord, started applying for jobs elsewhere. I eventually accepted um, a program or a, a, a seasonal position at, at a state park. And I was like, oh, perfect. This is really fun. I'm excited about this. But I also knew it was a seasonal position. And so I kept asking, Lord, like, I'm going to get to the end of this. And Still, I'm not going to have any idea of what's next. <laughs> and so as the semester is getting closer, I yeah, continued to pray. And at one point I realized, I was out on another run and I realized like, God, I haven't actually listened to you. Like I haven't opened up a space to receive for what you might have for me. And in doing that, I sat down in this field in the middle of my run and just ask like, Lord, I'm ready to receive from you. I'm ready to be present with what you might have in this prayer that I've been praying and desiring an answer in. And in doing that, similar to my freshman year at that moment, I just heard this voice again of like, this is the place, like these are the people I would have you be with. And I was like, God, I already applied for all the jobs here. I don't think there's anything else that I missed. (laughs) But in that moment, a lot of things clicked. And it was like, the one thing I didn't apply for was a staff position with our church. And I said, God, that, that can't be the thing. Like, that's not what I want to do. That's really hard. Um, (laughs) but after, uh, like a bit of time talking to people, a bit of time continuing to pray through and be like, Lord, it feels like you're saying this, is this actually true? Is this actually what you want? Um, at some point along the line, someone mentioned, a short-term program. And I was like, perfect. I'll do that. It's 18 months. I'll be on staff for 18 months. Do this thing that it seems like the Lord's asking me to do. And then I'll leave and go live my life as I see fit. Um, and that the, you know, I learned a lot through the course of, you know, that program and really was challenged in my faith and was challenged to say like, Hey, like, how do we communicate the gospel effectively? How do we connect with people well? Um, and really enjoyed it. There were times where it was great 
And there was times where it was like, oh, that's kind of hard. This is a little heavy. Um, and so coming to the, like, you know, I knew at some point I was going to have to decide whether I wanted to keep doing this at the end of those 18 months. And I started asking the Lord, Hey, God, (laughs) I don't know what I want. I could see myself staying. I could see myself going. You say that you use, you know, all these things for your good. You don't just work through people doing vocational ministry. So I could leave and you'd be building your kingdom through that too. Um, and so didn't really feel like I had an answer. And over Thanksgiving break, talking to a friend and, you know, just kind of sharing like, Hey, don't really know what I'm doing. Um, someone that I went to high school with, and then we'd always talk about, man, we could do these cool jobs, go all these cool places. And he was just like, I think you should keep doing what you're doing. Like, mm. you're not going to find something as satisfying or as impactful as what you're doing right now, which was really surprising for him to say that for me. And I was like, okay, spirit, like this is you, I think speaking through my friend. And so, yeah, I mean, just kind of sharing that with other people who had been praying for me through this discernment process of whether to stay or go, um, just was met with, man, like, yeah, as we've been praying for you, the words that we keep coming back to you are stay, the words that we keep like, not, you're not done here yet. And so I was like, okay, like, Lord, you have, you're speaking through the people around me um, in this. And I still had fear in that because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there was still part of me that was like, yeah, you committed 18 months, you're done. Like as much as this job is fun and rewarding, there are other things that maybe you would want to do. And even submitting that fear before the Lord of like, I don't know if this is, you know, what I still would have chosen for myself. I don't want to get stuck here. And just feeling like the Lord meeting me in that of like, do this for a couple more years and see, see what more I have for you. Um, Cause I do think, yeah, I do think there's a lot of really cool fruit and a lot of really cool stories that I came out of my, yeah, my last two years um, or a year and a half, I guess on staff and continuing to pursue collegiate ministry and it's an exciting place to be where, yeah, there are a lot of students who are just in a similar position of me of mucking around, trying to figure out what the heck is even going on here. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a little bit of my, my journey. <laughs> oh my gosh. So good. And thank you for sharing that. You know, as you were talking and there were so many things I was like, Oh, listen, I so understand it. I mean, in my own family, we've had the trying to, you know, went to the same church for many, many years. But as the kids got older, we just found like we weren't getting what we needed. And so we tried to try other churches and then COVID. And mm-hmm. so we've gone down the roller coaster as well, right? Of just, um, and, and sports, right, is big in my family too. So, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, things don't always match up with, you know, how I think or would want them to be or how life is sometimes. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, one, can probably relate to that part of your story that most of our faith journeys are a ebbing and flowing, a coming closer to, and possibly for some of us, a further away or Mm -hmm. even distancing ourselves in our faith. Sometimes the good news is God's always there waiting for us Mm -hmm. and he's ready and and wanting a relationship with us. So the first thing that I would just ask you after you told me all that is like, what have you found when you're working with these young adults on campus now that you've been in the ministry for, you know, about two years, what are you finding um, that, really welcomes them in because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, it's, I don't want to be church. Like, I don't want to be churchy. I don't want to be, like you said, I don't want to be the pushy person, like saying, like, as soon as I meet somebody, oh, come to my church, which there's nothing wrong with that. And that's amazing. Right. <laughs> that's not always the right tactic because until someone truly sees God working within you, 
you don't really see why would I want what you have, right? Or what he's doing. Mm-hmm. In you. And so tell me, how are you finding that what works and, and why are people drawn? To- I just want to let you know, I'm so excited to share with you that the doors are now open to my new course, Faith Fueled Joy. You guys, it's been a labor of love and we will officially start the modules in January, but I'm going to have a whole month in December of things to get you started so that you can step into more joy. You can step into more peace and calm in your life and that you can really step into the role in the type of day that God has intended for us. So I'm so, so excited. So if anybody that signs up between now and mid-December, you're going to get all sorts of extras, extra um, modules to kind of get the holidays kick-started in a calmer way. And then we'll start the official four-week course in January. So this is really for any of you, just like myself, that were feeling like daily life was weighing you down or maybe that life is full of so many responsibilities and obligations that there was no time to increase or deepen your faith, have more meaningful relationships, step into or reignite your passion, your creativity, and and just have a calmer spaces and do more for ourselves so that we have more well-being. And so that's what the course is about. I'd love for you to learn more at faithfueledjoy.com. And by the end of the course, you can expect to find more balance and joy that you're craving through meaningful breaks. And this is going to be together with a community of women to support and encourage us that will help us stay on track and achieve our goals. But I want you to say goodbye to the chaos and embrace the life where balance means nurturing your faith, relationships, and passions one meaningful break at a time. I can't wait to connect with you all and take you through the strategies and tools and the research-based insights that have changed my life and other women's as well. You guys, let's create a life that's flowing with joy, faith, and purpose together. Once again, go check out all the information about the course at faithfueledjoy.com. To, you know, sort of some of these ways that you guys are connecting with the youth. Yeah. So I think one of the things that's been particularly noticeable over even the last year is the way that we as a church and are trying to equip our students to live missionally in this way. Um, and I think one of the things that informs myself personally um, is like in Matthew 28, obviously we have the Great Commission. Um, and there's a translation that translates it as, as you are going, make disciples instead of as you go or, you know, where you go. And I like to think of it as like this thing of like, yeah, how can we be connecting with people as we are going? So looking around um, and saying, hey, like, where are we present? There's a lot of students in our church who were like me and are like, let's play sports. Like, let's be in the quad. Um, there are students who are like, yeah, I want to be in this rock climbing gym in town. And so I think one of the thing that, things that has been really effective, especially um, even this fall, and one of the things we try to be intentional in is, you know, in the fall when all the students are coming to campus is to just be present in places. Um, and, you know, how do we be invitational to say like, oh, hey, like you only have three people for spike ball right now, or um, let's join in. Um, and to meet people where they are, um, to say like, hey, like, I just want to be friends. Um, and, you know, sometimes we might go to the quad and we might play sports and we might play basketball with someone and literally never see them again. And that's fine. Right. <laughs> but then sometimes as we continue to show up in that space, there might be a more deeper conversation of, hey, like you keep showing up, like we're holding this event this weekend and it's, we're just going hiking. Would you want to come? Like you'll know at least the four of us here. 
And I think this level of connection has been really impactful um, for students to say like, Hey, and I think especially too, like, even as I've been going like on my own, just in my free time, like playing ultimate Frisbee or just being in other spaces, I think, you know, obviously there are some students who are seeking after this atmosphere of, Oh yeah, we're going to go and like, you know, go to parties on the weekend or whatever. And like, cool. Like if you want to pursue that, that's fine. But I think there's also a lot of students who are like, have come to the realization of like, I'm just doing this because it seems like that's what I should be doing. And that's what my friends are doing. And I've had quite a few conversations where it's like, I actually don't really want to do that, but it doesn't seem like there's an alternative. And so even to like in those instances offering like, Hey, on Friday night, we're going to do this escape room. Like, do you want to come? Um, and just to like be invitational. And also I think accepting invitations is a huge thing to um, consider as well. Cause I mean, like if you're constantly inviting people into a space, it's very one-sided. And so it's how do we offer this mutuality of relationship to make people feel like they are known, to make people feel like we actually do want to know who they are and not just have them as another person in our community, but to say like, actually, no, like I care about you <laughs> and I want to know how your week was and I want to know how you did on that exam. Um, and I want to know if your roommate situation is really hard right now, even just to say like, man, I'm sorry, that sucks. <laughs> like, um, and so I think that has been really help, like helpful in terms of meeting with students. And, you know, there's been a couple of students we've gotten connected to in those spaces where it's like, oh, you guys live a little bit differently than the people that I see around. And I think in some ways that is the hope, right? Of as we are following after Jesus, as we are running after who God is to, you know, live differently than the world might expect us to. Um, because obviously the way of the Lord is not necessarily the way of the world. And so people notice that, you know, people aren't, they're not just always in their own little worlds. Like they see the things that are happening. And so, yeah, I think honestly, just being honest, being upfront with people to say like, yeah, let's play. <laughs> like, yeah. and I think even too, when there are a lot of groups, it's like, Hey, how do you guys know each other? And it's like, Oh yeah, we're a church. Right. And they're like, Oh, cool. And that's yeah, it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think you bring up some really good points. And, you know, one of which is it's so much about, like you said, it's creating and building and being part of community. It's it's creating relationships with people. Because to your point, the job isn't just to say, hey, how many of these people can we get to come to our church? Like you said, the, the job is that we actually want to be connected with others because as we connect to them, as we care about them, that's an example, right, of, mm -hmm. of the relationship that we can have with God. The the example that we have in Christ. And so I think it's so important that you brought up, it's not just about me inviting them to something. I also have to be involved in their life. You know, as I get to know them, I have to take an interest mm -hmm. in what's going on with them, not just pushing some sort of, you know, this is what I want to, you know, show them or tell them or invite them to, you know? So I think it's, I think that's a really important point because I think some people, the reason they push away from the idea of church or building their relationship it, you know, in, in their uh, faith journey is because they think it's going to be this pushy church thing, right? Mm. And, and that's not what it was meant to be. And that's not what it is, but it, it can appear that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. So here's my next question for you. Um, so I think one of the um, numbers that I heard from you was that about 22% of students are actively following um, Jesus on campus. So tell us about that. Like, in other words, why do you think um, so many college students 
you know, aren't seeking God, or maybe they are more now, but, and then what are they experiencing? You know, even before Mm -hmm. you talk to somebody, you know, I know there's a, there's such an epidemic going on, right? Loneliness and feeling um, distance from people or feeling like, you know, maybe they're not enough or they're just feeling this void, right? Because they're Mm -hmm. trying to fill it with everything, their identity and fulfillment. They're trying to fill it with everything, but this place for God. And so what would you just share with us about what, college, uh, what, what are they, go- what are college students going through right now? And how can the rest of us help them? Even if we're not on a college campus, whether it's our own kids or whether we're part of a church family or even a neighborhood, you know, how can mm. we better connect with young people? Because I know this is so important and not just for people like you that are actually in ministry on a campus, all of us, it's our job to better connect with each other and to help yeah. guide and mentor as we get older in our faith journeys to be there for people, right. And to invite them in and to welcome them into this relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, like you mentioned, I think a couple of years ago, yeah, there was a Barna study that was talking about, yeah, about 22% of college students are following Jesus. And um, well, maybe more recently, there was another study that was released that showed something to the effect of, I think around 40% of like youth, I can't remember what the age was, but are interested in knowing more of who Jesus is, um, which is an encouraging statistic, I think, to be on a college campus, even though it may not seem always like everyone is, you know, running after <laughs> the Lord. But I think, you know, like you mentioned, the loneliness thing, I was doing some quick Googling <laughs> before um, we had on, but just to kind of make sure the things that I was witnessing were actually real. <laughs> and I was looking at a bunch of different statistics about percentage of college students who are experiencing loneliness. Um, and from a couple of different studies and a couple of different sources, I found roughly about half of college students are experiencing some form of loneliness. And I mean, I think like even in my own story, that was reflected too, right? But even over the past year, there's been, I think, two or three students who have come that I've gotten to know a little bit more within our church, within our small group, um, who are either transfer students or who are at tech. And it took them a while to find us, took them a while to find a ministry. Um, and for them to just say like, yeah, it was really lonely. I didn't really have a solid group of friends that were, you know, doing fun things that I enjoyed or, um, anything like that. And so I think, um, yeah, I mean, the, encouragement, I think, is that, you know, as I think about like, um, in Acts 2, like we have this picture of an Acts 2 church where it's like, they're meeting together, they're, um, dining, they're breaking bread together. And like, we're built for community. Mm-hmm. And so I think that e- like one of the easiest ways, especially now, I think more so there's a part of me that still is thinking like, oh man, like if I immediately bring up Jesus in a conversation, someone's just going to be like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> And, you know, to some extent that may be still true. Um, you know, we're seeing more of this research, like people who are deconstructing their faith or people who have like church trauma or these things. And it's like, that is a touchy topic and that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I keep coming back to is like, while we make it hurt in community, we also have to heal in community. And so even for those people, it's like, Hey, like that's a real thing. Like, let's not discount that. But also like, the love that the Lord has for you still exists. Like that hasn't gone away. Um, and so for people who like have had that experience, it's like, how do we gently push back 
to say like, God is still there. Like you mentioned, yeah. like God is still there, like waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> for you to look at him in the face and for him to like adore you, um, as his created. And so, um, yeah, I mean, for, I think for students who have that experience, it's just helpful to be like, Hey, like I see you, <laughs> but for students who, you know, increasingly I've like had conversations where it's like, Oh, like you have legitimately no context for who God is. You have no context for any of the Bible studies that we might've grown up reading or hearing about in Sunday school. And for those students, it's like, I think that one of the things that does strike them the most is the way that our community looks, is the way that um, one of our students I was talking to a while ago who um, did have some church background, but um, not, not a lot. And he was just like, there is a lot of joy here that I don't find in other places. Mm. And I think that is something like, even too, as we see, like, you know, I think it's been cool that we've been prioritizing like mental health and things like that, because that is a real thing, right? And people like, some people need medication to help, you know, function. And obviously like counseling and therapy is huge, but I think also we need that in conjunction with community and if we're constantly looking back inward, like I think a lot of students can turn back into like, oh, I need to achieve this thing or I need to do this. Or if I just work out more, then I'll be happier. Or if I just join this club, then I'll have more friends. And it like continues to point that mirror inwards. Um, and I think even at a university where our like school motto is uprosem that I may serve, it can still be really easy to get sucked back into Oh, I just need to do well on this exam. I just need to get that internship. And I think that's what like students are in some sense longing for during like the first week of school. I like to ask like students that are coming by or I'm like, Hey, like, what are your, what are you hoping for this semester? Like, do you have any goals? They've been on campus two days. I'm like, what are your goals? (laughs) What do you want? And it always surprises me the number of them that are like, I just want to get a 4.0 GPA. I'm like, you don't, you don't want to make friends first, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but so I think you know, that's something that students are longing for. And so when you fill those things, when you're filling that with school or you're filling that with just things that are numbing that, um, instead of, you know, going to a place where, Oh, I can be vulnerable here. I can say like, Oh, I'm wrestling with maybe who God is, or I'm wrestling with why is this thing happening? Um, I think without that depth, without that relational thing that you know, we have in the church because we're seeking after something more than just a friendship. We're seeking after our creator, we're seeking after, you know. Um, and so yeah, I think, you know, introducing students to kind of like, oh yeah, this life does offer more than just like this club. Right. <laughs> um, is, you know, something that is helpful for them to see and helpful for them to say, like, oh, yeah there's something, there's something different here. There's something more here. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I'll be on walks and of course this isn't necessarily with somebody college age, but I'll be on walks and, you know, a friend that'll be walking with me that particular day, you know, they'll say things like, you know, how are you navigating like the stress and the mm. everything going on, whether it's just in their own homes with, you know, like raising children or whether it's uh, just the weight of the world, you know, whatever it is, right. That they're feeling anxious about, or they're feeling overwhelmed, you know, and Obviously, sometimes the doors just get open because we are, right? We're near people. We're around people. The door just comes open because the person's asking, "How did? Mm-hmm. why do you seem different? Why do you seem calmer, right? Why do you seem more peaceful? Mm-hmm. 
And of course, you know, that's obviously one of the benefits of the fruit of the spirit. And it's like, so what's so amazing is just by being in community, being in relation with people, it allows them time to see Mm -hmm. how, you know, you can be different, right. With, with, um, you know, having the Holy spirit as part of your life. And it's like, that's, we want people to see it. And uh, later I'll share on this episode, a quote by, um, Christian author, I really like Bob Goff, but he basically explains how um, he used to think that you needed big stadiums full of people to talk about God and all this. He's like, no, it's just your example of how you're walking, you know, in the example Christ gave us. It's like, just by doing that, you're shining a light to him to say like, I want, like, I felt loved by Jesus because of who that person is right Mm -hmm. in relation to me. And I think it's so relevant, so good, because I think some of us think, oh, it's you know, it's this sermon or it's doing this big thing. And it's like, actually, it's not. It's the one at a time having that connection with the person just in front of you or the people around you. You know, it's not always going far out and, you know, trying to share the message. That is sometimes, you know, the call. But so often it's actually just how we're showing up in our own lives and, you know, what we're spending our time doing, you know, in prayer and that people can tell the difference. You know, people can tell the difference for people. I interviewed a woman recently that just wrote a whole book on joy and she said she's from, um, I think she's from New Zealand, but she moved to the West coast of California during COVID for her husband to go to, um, I don't remember, it, I don't know, it was theology school or something, but it was something like okay. that. And she's like the people there, like the, the, um, people teaching the classes and the pastor, she's like, they were so joyful, like overflowing joy. She's like, and I'd never experienced anything like that. And this was a woman of faith for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I want more of that. Right. And the point is, is when we show up because we have this connection already, we have this relationship, it's very different, you know, than someone that doesn't have it, you know, and I think that that's important for us to remember that we are, you know, that just how we are in the world, that the relationship we already have, it's, it's drawing people in if we're available to it, to the relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like, I don't know, that thing of joy, but also like, like you were saying, like when you're walking and you're asking people like, Oh, Hey, like what, how are you navigating this hard thing? I think it's obviously this joy that we have and we can cling to the joy because of the hope that we have. And because we know, um, who God is and because we know there is love and because we know there is this like eternal life, (laughs) but also to say and hold up and say, Hey, like we can do, we can talk about hard things. We can talk about lament. It isn't just this constant, it'll be okay. God's working things for good. It's also like, no, like we can cry out. Like there are Psalms. There is a whole book called Lamentations for a reason, because we can also sit in these hard things and say, God, would you be present here? Um, and yeah, I think like, I don't know. I think even for like students who are maybe in a youth group now and are coming to college, I think, you know, obviously we get students in our ministry who have had an experience of youth group and some of them have had really great experiences and some of them haven't. But I think one thing for for them that has been a common thread is um, either A, for them to understand like, oh, this is a really solid group of people and I'm seeking more solid people. Or something that I try to like incorporate more into my own discipleship practices is like, hey, how do you know more of who God is mm-hmm. in that like kind of convincing you more so of your own faith of like, this isn't just something that you grew up with. Right. This is something that is real. It is changing. It is multifaceted. And so for even students who are like in the church already to say like, Hey, how can we not just make this like a fun thing, but also to say like, 
it's okay to wrestle with these things yes. and offer the space to ask those questions. Because I think even too, like, whether that's in a discipleship setting or, you know, whether like, are you on a walk with a friend or whether you're in an evangelistic setting, it's like, people have questions about stuff yes. and offering the space to ask them is huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think does even continue to lean into that depth of relationship does lean into, you know, you might need the, you know, the spirit to speak through and say like, Oh, I don't know the answer. Or it seems like the Lord might be like working this through your life or yeah. I don't know. Just those spaces of like, how do we hold all of these things in both hands and continue to offer them up and say, God, like do this, what you will, as I'm in community, as I'm sharing with people, um, and having other people redirect me to (laughs) what you might be doing because I might be blind to it. Yeah, you know, and I think you did bring up a really good point that is, I hear more people saying this now, you know, people of faith, but that there is no wrong dialogue or question or frustration or, like you said, lament to bring to God, like it Mm -hmm. is a relationship. So like any other, you know, like if you're a parent, right, it's, he wants us to, he already is knowing, right, that we're struggling with this thing. So it's like, he's just saying, like, call out to me about any of these things, right? And of course, Mm -hmm. even in the Bible, right, even in scripture, we have examples of people that were wrestling with some of these things and asking God why, you know, or asking him, like, I'm stuck in this sorrow, you know? So I think the point is that sometimes we might not even know these examples, right? If we just have a very early, you know, just, we know God a little bit, but we really haven't dug into the word. We may not even know like, oh, okay. So like, this is here, there's examples, there's Psalms, there's scriptures that I can look at. I can pray to I can talk to my friends. I can talk to a small group about these struggles, these challenges. And I think that is so important to remind people. I think it's, you know, that's a really good point. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, those spaces are huge. I mean, just to have a space where it's like, Hey, yeah. Like I said, just reminding people of like, I think one of the things we do a leadership training program over the summer. And one of the objectives I think for that is always like, how do we remind one another of the gospel? I think sometimes in community, we sometimes forget the simplicity of the gospel. And that was something that I had to learn too, of like, yeah, I'm doing this job. And yeah, every now and again, I'm going to encounter a student or a disciple, a student who potentially has been walking with the Lord longer than I have Mm -hmm. and might on the surface seem wiser. But ultimately, how do you continue to just return someone's eyes to this goodness Mm -hmm. that we know, this love that we know? Um, this reconciliation that the Lord offers and how do we remind one another continually of that? Um, because yeah, I think sometimes then you can kind of just keep moving on or you can forget of like, Oh yeah. Like this is, this is why I do this thing or this is why, um, I have this faith, um, is because of this gift (laughs) that Jesus has offered, um, this friendship, this, um, yeah, like promise yeah. Um, to be reconciled in mm-hmm. friendship with God. So yeah, I think even like those spaces are super important for that as well. So Emma, tell me what what maybe a words of encouragement would you just want to share uh, to someone listening to this or that might share it with someone else? Just as people are maybe, you know, they may be at different places in their faith journey. Some may be, you know, very, uh, you know, they're along, they have a strong daily relationship, you know, walking uh, in their faith with a, uh, with the Lord, but for people that maybe, you know, they've come back and forth or they, they were listening to this podcast, but maybe they're still trying to figure 
out, you know, like, what does this look like to really deepen my faith? So just what words might you have to share with them, just encourage them on their faith journey? Mm, Yeah. I think something that I've been kind of considering a lot recently is that I was reading a book. It's called Beholding by Strawn Coleman. He's also from New Zealand, actually, but (laughs) um, he has a quote in there and he's talking about how God presumes our intimacy, even though we might presume our distance. Mm. And I think that's something that kind of took me out of the knees a little bit. And I think can be an encouragement for us to say like, man, even when we might be wrestling to figure out what our faith looks like, or we might be wrestling with how to faithfully engage missionally, or we might be wrestling to figure out like, do I even believe God exists? Mm -hmm. Um, To be reminded of like, no, God does like want to be with us. He doesn't, we say all the time that God is love and God loves you. And I think over the years I've heard more often, God also likes you, but he wants to be with you and he presumes our closeness. Should we accept it? And so it's this thing of like, how long are you going to hold this pure and perfect love at arm's length? And at what point are you going to let that come a little bit closer and say, God, I want to know more of you. And that's like a scary process sometimes. And I don't think any of us ever get all the way there, which maybe isn't encouraging, but um, (laughs) to say like, I think we can be encouraged to know that God wants to be with us, even in our mistakes, even in the things that we might be ashamed of or the questions that we might be afraid to ask, um, to know that like, yeah, God wants to be with us in that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be my encouragement. (laughs) I know. I love it. And, uh, one thing I'd add to that, I'm going to have to look up the the data points, but there's a book that I have called find your people. And it's actually about more about friendships and community. But the reason that I thought it was interesting as you were saying that is they, they have done the studies. They've looked at the data where it tells you to make like a, a friend and then to make a close friend, to make a best friend. There's literally hours it takes, right, of investment, mm. of time we spend with someone to make them a, a deeper connection, a deeper relationship, someone that we have a safe space with. But if you think about like that's what it takes to have deep relationships, right? Whether it's like your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend, or whether it's like a close friend, but that's the same thing we have to do is, in other words, if you haven't put the time in and you're just trying to kind of figure out like this relationship with Christ, it takes time. Like the more time we spend in it, the more that we have this trust, this deepened faith. And so I would just encourage people, you know, it might start a little by little, but the more that you spent time in that relationship, right. And it will grow, it will blossom. You'll experience more from that relationship. And so I think it's much like friendships. We have to invest the time and we have to make it a regular overtime commitment, you know, and just like you said, it's like over time while you were in college, your faith start deepening, especially as you started seeking him more, right? The relationship was there waiting for you. You just had to be opened and willing to take a little time to invest in that, that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. It does take more time <laughs> for friendships. And so, yeah, I like that a lot. Yes. Okay. So Emma, can you share with us just real quick about anything you want to tell us about, um, you know, your church and ministry at tech, and then also, uh, you know, how can people connect uh, with your church or ministry and if they want to learn more or help out? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, our church is a church here on campus. Um, and yeah, we meet on campus with students. And so um, yeah, I guess in, kind of in that, if you know students who are coming to tech or yeah, one of the things that um, our ministry is 
constantly in need of is all of us are support based. And so if there's, there's a financial need as well. And so, yeah, if, or even if you happen to live in the area and are looking for ways to help out in terms of serving in time, um, yeah, would love to connect with you and yeah, and just connect with people and share more about that or connect with students who might be coming to tech um, and offer a friend <laughs> off of that. Um, and so, yeah, I think the easiest way to reach me is probably my email. Um, which is just emma.rafferty at reliant.org. But, or if you wanted to learn more about our church or what it looks like, um, our website is just nlcf.net. And this has a little bit more about what our collegiate church looks like um, on there as well. Mm, so good. Well, Emma, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us today about what life and ministry looks like on a college campus, what your own faith journey has been like, and just how you're showing up and just really supporting and loving on all the uh, people that are coming through that are curious or are wanting to deepen their faith. So I appreciate you taking the time. And as I said before, I'm just so impressed with your passion and your love and showing up in ministry in such a big way in your life at this age. So thank you for everything you're doing. It's amazing. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me and for your encouragement. <laughs> Absolutely. As we wrap up today's episode, I just wanted to share that excerpt from Bob Goff that I mentioned in the interview with Emma. And here's what he says. I bet this is what Jesus meant when he told his friends that people would understand who he was by watching how we treated each other. Early on, I thought big acts of generosity or great sermons or arenas full of people singing songs would help us understand God's love for us. He said it was none of these. Jesus told his friends that letting people see the way we love each other would be the best way to let people know about him. It wouldn't be because we'd given them a lot of directions or instructions or because they memorized or studied all the right things. It would be because someone met you or me and felt as if they just met Jesus. I think what he meant was he wanted someone to meet a person who loved him and then feel like they had just met heaven, everyone there. Oh, I love that. And I think it's such a gorgeous example of what we're actually called to show up to and do, which is be that example, be the love. And when we do that, when we invite people in, when we welcome them, when we show them this kindness and this love and point them to Jesus, they feel it and they know there's a difference. So I just want to share that with you. And the other thing that I mentioned that I wanted to follow up with as well is I was talking about how the book Find Your People talks about friendship and that it actually takes time. It takes commitment to um, develop deepened friendships where they become somebody you just met, to an acquaintance, to a friend, to a close friend, to a best friend. But that's true with every part of our life. And so if we want a deeper relationship, if we want to get something more right in a relationship, we need to put the time in. We have to invest in that relationship and we have to do the same thing with our relationship with God. And so I just want to share with you a, a quick stat. Okay, so in Find Your People by Jenny Allen, she has a section in her book called The Science of Clocking Time with People. And then she shares some stats that she found. And she said that basically, as reported in Psychology Today, this researcher, I think it was Professor Jeffrey Hall, found that it takes about 50 hours of interaction to move from acquaintance to casual friend, about 90 hours to move from casual friend to a friend in more than 200 hours to qualify as a best friend. And so my question to you is, one, are you investing in your relationships? 
with people, with friends, in your marriage, but are you also investing in your relationship with God? Because if we're not putting the time in, we're not going to be able to deepen that relationship. We're not going to hear from him the way we want. We're not going to be able to hear when he's trying to show us or tell us something or move us. And I just want to wrap up the point by sharing this idea with you. In Mark Batterson's book, Whisper, he shares um, a story about Archbishop Fullerton J. Sheen. And I guess it was something that he said that, that was called the Holy Hour. He was talking to nuns. And this is what he said. My words have power because for 55 years, 365 days a year, I've spent an hour in God's presence. Okay, so what does that tell you right there? He has gone above and beyond, you know, multiply it by a a many, many number of the 200 number to have a best friend. So he is putting in the time, he's putting in the investment to have a relationship with God. And so his words have power. He can hear, he can understand what God is saying to him because he's spent the time, he's invested his day into the power of getting, you know, having a relationship with God and spending time in prayer. And so I hope that that's encouraging to you. Now, maybe we aren't archbishops, maybe not even pastors or something like that, but we are all people that can commit to spending some time with God every day. And actually, I'll tell you that the days I do that, the days I spend more time with him, not just a few minutes on devotional or prayer or reading a short scripture, those days often are my best days. I can tell a difference the way that I'm showing up in the world. I can tell a difference. I can feel the Holy Spirit um, in being part of my day, you know, being part of me showing up. So that's it. I just want to encourage you today and hope that this conversation helped you put it into another perspective. And one last thing in the book that, that I was talking about, Find Your People by Jenny Allen, there's a section where she says, at some point they moved to Dallas and she said, in the first month we lived there, we didn't get a single invitation to anything because they were new. They didn't have a community. They didn't have roots or connection. But me reading that, it it hurt. Like it felt, it made me feel really bad, right? It almost made me a little emotional because think about how many people come to our area, you know, especially if you're not in a really small town. I'm not in a small town. And actually it's a I live in a military town, you know, lots of Navy and all different other services of the military. How frequent are people coming, moving to the area that don't get an invitation to anywhere? So be the person that invites people, be the person that welcomes them in, say hello, you know, invite them over, invite them for coffee, invite them to your church, invite them to do anything, a cookout, a picnic, but people, we are built community. You know, God designed us that way. And we need to be the ones that are inviting people in and welcoming them. So I hope this gives you a little food for thought. And I hope that it helps you maybe be a little more comfortable or confident in asking someone extending the invitation in your own life and in your own communities. Thanks again for listening to the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you could take a minute to leave a rating and review on Apple podcast, because it helps our show get discovered by more people. And if you'd like to be encouraged in your faith and in your life, go on to kristenfitch.com and sign up to get my newsletter. I have lots of freebies and lots of inspiration and encouragement that'll be coming your way. And I would love it if you joined part of our community. 